Ladies and welcome to episode 29 of The Big Review Ski. This week is our fantastic Ant-Man and the Wasp special. And as always, I'm Rory Cashin. As always, I'm Rory Cashin. Have you, do you ever change that up? Do you have alter um, egos? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, not so much alter egos. It's just whatever they call me once they pay money, it's fine. Which is interesting because one of the interviewees we'll be hearing from later, Paul Rudd, mm. I, one of the things he books and when he checks into hotels, he's got an alias. He calls himself Kenny Chin. Kenny Chin. Kenny Chin. That's Paul Rudd's alias. So if you're ever in a hotel lobby and you hear, like, reservation for Mr. Chin, yeah. it could be Paul Rudd. That's dangerous now. People are going to know that. They're going to stalk him. Well, unless, like, there's other Kenny Chins in the world. There could be. Yeah. So the two voices you just Kenneth, heard... Ke- Kenneth Chin. Mr. K. Chin. Uh, <laughs> the two voices you just said there was Paul Moore, who's here. Hello, hello. hello again. And I don't have it. Well, do I have an alter ego? No. I've got enough voices in my head. Yeah. Yeah. You're like McAvoy from Split. And they're all in a fail form all the time. Pretty much, yeah. And a replacement Doherty because Owen once again not here. The best Doherty, yes, Kara. Oh, Doherty, uh, putting the is, O in there. Yep, that is why I'm the best because I have the O. Yes, how are you doing this week? I'm good, thank you very much. Are you excited to talk about Ant Man the Wasp? I'm very excited. V, quick question: What was your opinion of the first Ant Man? I actually thought it was better than had any right to be. I thought uh, good to see Paul Rudd getting a vehicle because mm. I'm a massive Paul Rudd fan. He's my man crush and always sure. has been, always will be. Sure. And yeah, I would have loved to see Edgar Wright's take on a Marvel film and kind of sad in the sense that they've kind of gone for that kooky, off-the-wall feel now as we saw in Ragnarok and I would have thought Edgar Wright would be a perfect fit. But Peyton Reed did a good job. It's not the best Marvel film, but it's a solid enough film. Cara? Yeah, I actually I really enjoyed it. I, just, I like that it's fun and lighthearted. I'm a massive, massive Marvel nerd. Uh, but I do think it's nice to have our kind of a little bit of Marvel light, but in a good way. I think we need that. Mm. I think... The first Ant-Man was my least favourite one in the entire MCU. Oh, yeah. like, I preferred it. I, I, I preferred like Thor two and Iron Man two to the first Ant-Man. Uh, so going into this was like, oh no, this isn't going to be great. But we will have a full review of Ant-Man and the Wasp up soon. But before then, Paul, we do. I understand you've got a question. Speaking of Ant-Man, the thing that I remember most about it, aside from my man crush on Paul Rudd, sure, he's so dreamy. It comes up. Was. Michael Peña's character who was fantastic Luis the bumbling thief who kind of stole every scene he was in with his nonsensical rambling incoherent talking like me well speaking of nonsensical little rambling speaking like talking of me here is Mr. Peña that's his stealing form you spoil me okay I was at a wine tasting with my cousin Ernesto which was mainly reds and you know I don't like reds man you know but there was a rosé that saved the day it was delightful and then he tells me about this girl Emily that we used to kick it with it was actually the first pair of boobs that I ever touched it's the wrong details it's the wrong it has nothing to do with the story go so uh, he tells me that she's working as a housekeeper now right and she's dating this dude Carlos who's a shot caller from across the bay and she tells him about the dude that she's cleaning for Right, that he's like this big shot CEO that is all retired now, but is loaded. And so Carlos and Ernesto are on the same softball team. And they get to talking, right? And here comes the good part. Carlos says, yo, man, this guy's got a big ass safe just sitting in the basement, just chilling. Of course, Ernesto comes to me because he knows I got mad demons. Of course, I ask him, did Emily tell Carlos to tell you to get to me what kind of safe it was? And he says, nah, dog. All she said is that it's like super legit and whatever's in it, it's got to be good. What? Uh, they got a safe. <clears throat> They got a safe. That was... Uh, Michael Peña. That was, yeah. Boobs, uh, wine, uh, yeah. baseball. Yeah. About eight different characters to get yeah. to a point 
I know a safe. I got, a tip. I got a tip for a safe. Uh, he knows how to tell a story. He does indeed. <laughs> and he knows how to steal a film, in my view, because he is a great actor and he's one of those unbelievably good supporting characters that are always strong in whatever film they're in. Absolutely. And on that note, I want to know who was your favourite scene-stealing performance uh, in a minor role in any film? Okay. Well, it's a, it's a difficult one because... I think my first reaction I said it to you I was like couldn't that just be the Joker and yeah, you're like, could it, be, yeah. it could be but maybe that's a bit too wide so uh, I'm kind of like narrow it down maybe yeah. only two or three or maybe even five minutes on screen you're like Jesus that's the one thing that stays in my mind from that film absolutely so Cara yeah I thought this was the biggest question of all time <gasps> it's my tough. brain was rambling through dozens and dozens of people and then I went no I have it I have it there Dame. it all became crystallised yeah. straight away Dame Judy Dench the fabulous Judy in Shakespeare in Love Oh, very good. She's amazing. Oh. Eight minutes on screen. Got herself a Best Supporting Actor yeah. award. The woman is fabulous. And I, yeah, that's 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 the one for me. Has, did she has she holds the record for smallest amount of screen time yeah, uh, having won an just, Oscar. Yeah. Was it the, what didn't they say, wasn't she up for something the year before and she didn't win and there was like a big furor and they, the people are always cynical. People are always like, didn't she get that kind of because yeah. she was yeah. overlooked the year before? There's always cynical was people Was it Agnes saying, Brown? Or what was the one she was in before? I can't recall, Brown, but it was... Uh, Something like th- that. It was, was it was it the one with Billy Connolly? Yeah. Oh, Mrs. Brown. Mrs. Brown, yes, yes, yes. But she's great in anything, Judy Dench. She I'm all in favour of watching Judy Dench in anything. Yeah, absolutely. But that's agree. a great show, yeah. I was only thinking about that the other day because that beat Saving Private Ryan yeah, at mean, the time, it, didn't it? It won so many awards that year, but yeah, that's amazing. Eight minutes work. Rocking up, doing your eight minutes, getting paid, and winning awards. She's for so dench. That is, uh, she's dench. That's the epitome of, of scene stealing, right there. Mine was uh, Hank Azaria in the Birdcage. Oh, oh brilliant! Very good. Uh, I every time he was on screen as the the house man uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who kind of looks of everything in that lo- film. Looks after the home of Robin Williams and uh, Nathan Lane. Uh, every every time he's on screen with his bizarre Venezuelan accents, he just and denim shorts. Yes, uh, singing along to uh, Gloria Estefan while cleaning the house, and then later on he has to put on a suit and pretend to be slightly more uh, macho and can't walk around in shoes, keeps falling over. Uh, just every time he's on screen, I just completely crack up. I cannot watch that film and not crack up at his character because Azaria just plays it so perfectly, and the fact that he does that surrounded by some of the funniest people in Hollywood mm. at the time. Is uh, is testament to how good he was in it, uh, and Paul. Since you came up with the question, I assume you have an answer for it. I'm going for a similar Latina theme. I'm going to go for John Turturro in The Big Lebowski as Jesus uh-huh. Quintana, uh-huh. Ah, yes. the uh, pederas who has to declare himself after paroling around eight year olds, dude. But uh, the uh, shove shove the gun up the ass, pull the trigger till it goes click. Uh, stole the scene so much so that I think it's kind of got a second nature now that like Lebowski fans are like insisting he gets a spin off film. And it's been like happening, not happening, happening, not happening. But um, he had a purple jumpsuit. The whole cleaning his bowling ball thing. It's just uh, it's two minutes of lunacy. Doesn't he also like kind of lick his bowling ball? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I was thinking that. And I was yeah. like, no, he didn't. Oh, he did. He, he did. Loved. Yeah, he, he nice. did. But he's he yeah, yeah, like that film's got like the Coens always have a good eye for getting those kind of quirky, weird characters, even if they're only in there for a minute. Like Donald Gleeson in True Grit. Yeah, but that one, like Lebowski, probably is the quirkiest film and he's probably the quirkiest character mm. in the film so yeah. the quirk factor is ramped up so they're, uh, they're three great answers yeah like three, three, including Michael Payne three quarters of them are Latina <laughs> represents so, I'm sure Judy Dench is, she probably got some Latina blood head, way yeah. back there Ex- explains her fiery temper uh, so yeah so if you've got any uh, of your favourite scene stealing characters in the entire history of cinema please do let us know on Twitter at Big Reviewski 
Um, and that's the only way to contact us. Don't. We've no phone number. What's up? No phone. We forgot to. Just go full Amish on it. In yes. terms, of, in terms of the phone, tweet us. Yeah. All right, you can tweet us. Yeah. Uh, so that is that. Paul, back to you again. Oh, you yeah. have a example high clue. High clue. This now week. you're oh, familiar with me. the high clue, yeah? Yeah, I, w- I just I was saying to Rory earlier. I'm a little stressed about this because it, it was rather tricky for me the last time. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah. Well, it can't be any worse than Owen. Anyone who comes in here is always better known. Really? Yeah. You saw how bad I was yeah. last time. He, 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 well, he wasn't here uh, last week, and I think he was, in the interim, quite upset that Paul uh, labelled him the worst at his own game. <laughs> well, so, I've taken okay. his criticism on board, and I can say, Owen, you're far worse than I said last week. So oh, there. my gosh. <gasps> oh, it's Owen. Well, he got, uh, he got the example high clear last week. Ah, anyone would have got that. Thank you, Paul. That hurts Don't my feelings. Don't give him credit. He's not here. I'm sorry, yeah. He's, he's off. And he's definitely no way of listening to He's off to lounging it. away somewhere, not maybe doing stuff. A, maybe it's a Doherty thing. Maybe we need, you know, just clear instruction. Well, maybe. I'll, I'll try and make this as clear as okay, I can. Okay, deep breath. Okay. Five, seven, five. Mm. Syllables. Yes. All words. All of them All are our words. words. Okay, I've got my pen and I've got my paper. Okay. Go. First sentence. Wild kids are at fault. And uh, Rory, I expect you to do the syllable counts after I'm done. Okay. Second line. Big brother has... Oh my God, I can't even see that. It's not a great sign. I can't even say that. You can't say it? I can't even read my own writing. This could be So a we pr- could just make up an answer then. I like this one. What does that say? <laughs> this, this doesn't make for great radio, Paul. I don't <laughs> so know. Do you like some help to read it or is, it, is the answer Why don't we go in? to the third line? Let's uh, see. It says cocaine all day long. Is the, fu- is the third line? What is that? Cocaine I even read my own all writing. day long is the third line. Big Brother has... Do you have the answer hidden? Or I do, I know the answer. No, no, I mean, you could tr- turn the page around and I can help you try to decipher. Why does that say lean? I don't know, Paul. <laughs> do you know what? I'll come back to the second one. Why don't line. we, uh, we're going to hmm, park that. Uh, I'm going to think it is. I car think it crash. I <laughs> clue for a moment. <laughs> and, uh, are you alright, Paul? I'm, Paul? I'm stumped because I can't even read my own. Paul, we're, we're, but, Paul. But you, you can't, when did you come up with it? Just about five minutes before I come on air, just like and I you've always forgotten do. It? Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Great. Well, um, while you try to decipher your own goddamn handwriting, we're going to move on to the top ten in the cinema right now. Now, normally, again, Owen normally torments me with the goddamn conjuring music of that creepy child saying "cinema time." <laughs> last week, who did we have? Last, the dandy? No, who did we have last week? We had. I don't know. Oh, it was the tropical kind of uh, disco music, wasn't it? <laughs> No, but um, this week we have another alternative soundtrack to the top ten. Hit it! Nice. Alien Ant Farm. Because it's Ant-Man episode. (laughs) And he says movies in there, so like I think it's all related. It's pretty good. That works. Uh, Right, number ten, the world's longest title still. Thomas and Friends, Big World! Exclamation point! Big Adventure! Exclamation point! Their movie. I went, on, to, I went on my rant last week about Thomas. You did, but I have come up with the second line in the high clue. We're going back to that. 
Big Brother has kissing wings. We'll figure it out. Well, you're listening. You know, yeah, I'm just I'm just mixing John, mixing segments up here. You're really kissing wings, derailing. And if I have to reiterate regarding Thomas, I am a stalwart traditional Thomas fan I won't mm-hmm. be having the CGI stuff so I'm not, not going to see it out of principle no, if, if it doesn't have Ringo Starr in it if it doesn't have Ringo Starr in it it's not Thomas to me number 9 is Hotel Artemis Cara have you seen that one yep did you really enjoyed it and uh, Paul did like it as well I was a big fan of it yeah too short though okay could have, t- could have taken another sort of 20 minutes I would oh, well. quite happy no, I think I'd often say but no you don't hear that much yeah. about films anymore it's just, but I wish uh, go see it you think you're going to go into an action film but then you're kind of hit with a character piece Jodie Foster is She's brilliant amazing. in it just, brilliant yeah. in it very different to what you think it would be but definitely worth yeah, seeing yeah definitely worth it uh, number 8 uh, unironically is Ocean's 8 which was oh, fine. Grand. Oh, yeah. Grand, mm-hmm. yeah. grand number 7 Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom still making money but it is falling well, down uh, the yeah, yeah. charts number 6 is Skyscraper which was Fine. Good to see Nev Campbell and stuff, though. It yeah, I missed fun. her. She's she's good in in she's underrated. I and think. And she's back now in House of Carrots, isn't she? So probably the Neve Sons, Campbell, Campbell Sons, uh, Neve Sons. I think we'll, yeah, Campbell, we'll Campbell work, Sons. We'll work something we'll out. We'll, we'll, we'll work something out. Number five. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say none of us have seen number five. Mm-hmm. Andre Rios, 2018 Maastricht concert Amore. No, but I did see his 2015, 16 and 17 Christmas ones. You've seen all three of them? Yes, my, my, I'm from a bit of a family. We, we, we do like the old classical music and the, the, the Venises and the Strausses and all that malarkey. Do, so, yes. do, they must be doing well because it's number five in the box. I was like, it's above Jurassic World and Skyscraper this week. Um, what, what is, I have no idea. I can't even get into the mentality of what a screening like that must be like. He's a bit, a bit of an exception because he, he tries to kind of, he's not a traditionalist, so he brings a more of a, a kind of a lighter approach to classical music and he kind of plays with it and makes it a bit more kind of friendly. Sure. So if you go to see his, it's quite an extravaganza and he's got beautiful colleens dancing lovely dresses and they kind of create that thing. Other classical concerts are stunning to see like that. It's, oh. it's surprising. I didn't think it would work, but it's a great way of seeing classical concerts that would cost an absolute fortune to go to. Mm. So yeah, no, if you have any in- interest in that kind of stuff, definitely, definitely worth going to see. Interesting. Maybe I will. Number four. You won't. No, I, prob- you won't. I probably no, won't. No, no, I... Yeah. Yep, I probably won't. Number four is Incredibles 2, which I think we can all agree we all really enjoyed. Yeah, it's it great. It was incredible. Great. Number three, Hotel Transylvania 3. Carrie, you have seen this one. I have seen it. Neither of you have? I missed the first two, so I'm going to give it a miss. <laughs> I have seen the first two, and I thought the first two were fine. Yes. I know Owen hates them. Absolutely hates them. What? Do we know why? Because uh, I think he had he to... he hate the concept of joy? Because he had to, I think, watch them on repeat for something I remember, and it drove him insane. Oh, it's because he has kids? Yeah, it could <laughs> be that. Be yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's really sweet. It's harmless. It's re- it's a lot of fun for kids. I brought my nibblings. It was one of those kind of family day screenings. They loved it. For adults, it, it's... I mean, some of the jokes kind of fall a bit flat. Mm. But... The, the the actual plot kind of goes above kids' heads because it's all about Dracula finding love, and he's taken to using the uh, the ghostly form of Tinder, which is kind of funny. And kids have no idea. Does what's it have going a funny on. name? Zingly. Isn't Tinder ghostly anyway? Oh, to begin yeah, with, it's fair. So a lot of the plot goes over their heads, but they're still happy because there's plenty of funny yeah. ghosts and funny things in slapstick. But if you're an adult going with little people, the kind of whole side plot of ghost Tinder is kind of funny to keep you keep keep everybody entertained. Do you recommend it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun escape. On number two, uh, they found it impossible 
to, to beat Meryl Streep and Co. It's Mission Impossible Fallout. What? Are you serious? It could not get to the number one spot. Uh, Paul, you saw Fallout since last week. I did. And to I be, specifically to avoided talking to you about it. To begin with. Moment. I don't think there'll be a better well better made blockbuster. So I'm going to give it to you. It's slick, it's sleek, and it gets exactly what you want. Didn't have an awful lot to hang it on, though. I thought the stunts were great, but yep. in terms of espionage and what it, the series originally is, forget about that. It has mm. nothing to do with spying, Espionage. secrets, anything like that. And even Does that make sense? I know. Does that joke land? But even Rogue Nation uh, was good because it had a bit of intrigue. It had Rebecca Ferguson character. You didn't know what she was going to do, the ins and outs. This is just almost like people talking in an excuse to fill the time until the next stunt happens. Sure. And the stunts are incredible, but the ones that I found resonated the most... Um, where the fight sequence in the bathroom which is Amazing. fantastic and there's one moment on the bike chase when the motorcycle's just about to plough into the back of the car and it just swears in front what I would say stunts although it probably took ages to film are kind of realistically grounded in stuff you can kind of happen and one of my main points of contention and it's to do with Mission Impossible but also some of the other Marvel films are, are tied in with this the need to have like three separate action beats in the finale to tie up all the characters to do I was like can you not just strip it back we'd get it the plot the oh, the danger the bomb's about to go off but the constant needs to just have this like three different beats going on at the same time if you compare it with something and I know they're a completely different franchise and they have different aesthetics and different characters and stuff but if you look at something like Born or Bond even it's just one usually at a time whereas now I'm looking at Mission Impossible and I'm thinking I'm reading like a comic book panel. Well, do you not think the reasoning behind that is that Bourne and Bond are on their own and Impossible is part of a team so there needs to be more than one person doing stuff at one time? That could be it, but as I said last week, I do feel that the franchise is getting very convoluted with stuff and moving away. And to a certain extent, maybe filling the gap since Bond got stripped back and got rid of the gadgets and all that stuff and yeah. Q and all that. But I would just like to see a bit more there's very little character development in this like from Ethan Hunt they, they kind of hark back but like it, they have that scene at the end I'm not going to spoil it when it's like everything has a nice little bow and he's a nice person and we all get on and we're all one big happy team even to people outside of the team sure um, I just thought like you know that's not character film that's just pagiography I don't know Tom Cruise. I kind of disagree yeah, I, I thought like the whole point of, of the film was the fact that he was developed slightly more because he's like Oh, I don't want members of my team to die over the entire world. Like it, 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 it gave more of a grounding to him as a person. Like that's kind of Alec Baldwin's point across the film is that he's saying the reason I trust you to save the world is because you want to save one person, mm. um, and that gave him a little bit more um, personal grounding in it. Yeah, I mean that, that's a massive thing to choose your friends over millions of people. And I think it did give that extra level. But also, I have to say, I'm a complete armchair adrenaline junkie. Mm. So that final and final sequence and the, the three kind of tied together, I was practically jumping in my seat. I was loving it. There was, mean, oh, it the, just, ex- the execution of all of them was great. But like, do you not think it's... And uh, This is such a stupid point to make for a cinema show. And I think, do you not think it was far too cinematic that that mechanism is just dangling at the end and like it's just like oh, you know, it's ridiculous it is, but like, yeah, but like, yeah I, I mean it's never going to happen I, in the real world and I don't want to spoil it but it's just like oh it just happened to be just it's there literal, you know a literal cliffhanger moment yeah, I, yeah, yeah but the fact that they did that with I mean it's not CGI'd 
it's not fake trickery. The fact mm. that they actually did that with the two, well, I can't say, don't spoil. Sure. But the fact that they used those, there were two, they were they were real. Yeah. I mean, it the was rigs, actually real yeah. humans hanging out of things. Yeah. But I mean, that's just brilliant. I, I, think, I think my point is that my favourite action film, this is a personal taste, and I, I really, as I said at this point, I really enjoyed Mission Impossible. It was slick. It was almost a bit too... Slick in the sense that my, my the films like The Raid and John Wick for me register because obviously they're heightened reality, but you can kind of see the punches land. You can feel a bit more. It's almost grounded in a world you can kind of touch, feel, and smell. This is essentially a comic book for me, and there's nothing wrong with it. I really you know? enjoyed it. Yeah, but I think when you compare it to even the Palmas version in, in original, and obviously the franchise has changed, and and they realised that. Cruz has reinvented it and he's come on board with a producer and they have a formula that works and why change it if it's going to make bank and it's deservedly making bank because mm. it's good at what it does I just would have liked I just like it to be stripped back a bit it's a bit too slick for me um, and even and in terms of the plot as you mentioned last week Rory in your review there is no plot it's just like and I, I thought the plot was know. was my major problem with it but I, I think just one last one last thing on this and that we will definitely move on to the rest of the show <laughs> is that you can't have uh, you can't, I, I don't I couldn't compare this to John Wick or The Raid which I also prefer mm. because this cost 176 million to make and John Wick and The Raid cost a handful yeah. of millions to make uh, and even compared to the first Mission Impossible which was big for the time but looking at it now it's nothing compared and to what it's become but I do true. agree I would love to see it come back a bit to be a bit more and even spy-y. like we, we talked like the halo jump great to see did it offer anything to the story no yeah no it was just done because we are like what haven't we done let's do that yeah uh, like I, I fully agree but I think for what it is I thought it was fantastic oh I, I fully agree as well so that was number two Mission Impossible Fallout let us never speak of it again number <laughs> one uh, Mamma Mia here we go again made me cry made me laugh I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to that's and it's making a lot of money won't make as much money as the first one did because of reasons that I don't fully understand but yeah, I, I, I preferred it to the first one oh, I much prefer I, I had a bit of a problem with the first one I think I was a bit I had issues I temporarily worked in a place that is a, a yellow and blue box of a building ah. out near the airport where they used to play uh, <clears throat> ABBA at 6 o'clock in the morning oh, as yeah. workers came into work to be happy for the day so I had issues with the first one Sure, I've had a bit of time distance and some therapy and I went sure. in and yeah I actually was, I was, was surprised no so you, was, you yeah. associate ABBA with pain pain torture long working hours and very annoying customers maybe there's some subliminal stuff to their music like that maybe that's what they intended they are they're Scandinavian they can't be trusted yeah true so that is the top 10 Paul I'm going to reiterate my haiku because I ballsed it up right wild kids are at fault at fault fault five okay big Big brother brother has kiss and wings kiss is with a capital K kiss Kiss. and wings cocaine all day long (sighs) big brother has kiss and wings cocaine all all day day long. long okay I have it. You have it, yeah? Yeah. Okay. How does he do it so fast? I think it's the kiss with a capital K is can only imply one thing. Mm. I think I had it I had it from cocaine. Yeah. But then I have everything from cocaine. True. Um, <laughs> we, we will give that a few minutes to see if Kara can figure anything out. I apologise for Kara's delay because I balls it up. See, if I yeah, got yeah, it right if I got it right at the first time, she'd probably have it. You did this to thwart me somehow. True. What else do we have, Rory? Up next, we've got our big interviews. For for uh, for this, obviously, it's got to do with Ant Man and the Wasp. And we were, I was lucky enough to meet up with not just Ant Man. I'm not jealous at all. Paul's jealousy levels here. I radiating. I I can feel it. There's always a natural tension between Rory and I. This is just like Cavill Cruz fighting tension in MI. 
Fair. I feel yeah. a little uncomfortable right now. Without the moustaches. So up first is my chats with Mr. Paul Rudd. Uh, <laughs> this conversation made Paul more. It's a very, great chat though. Ve- very, very happy because he got to agree about their favourite uh, MCU movie and character, I think. Yeah. Um, You're meant to be together. Oh. I think you're meant to be best house. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Jack's uh, number? I do. I, I'll give it to you while, while this conversation is playing out. So here's myself talking to Mr. Paul Rudd. Uh, how are you giving today? Yeah, really good. Happy to hear it. Uh, straight in. Favourite MCU movie that you're not in? Ragnarok. Why? Aside from your obvious man love yeah. for a ta- Taika Waititi. Yeah, that's, and there's a lot of it there. I just think that guy's amazing. He is. I was such a fan of his other films, and uh, I thought when I saw it, it was such a left turn, um, and it just really struck me. I mean, I love, I, I really do love a lot, of, uh, a lot. I think I, I, most of the Marvel sure, films, yeah. but that one really, uh, I think it was also fun seeing Chris Hemsworth be really funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was cool to, uh, but then also Taika playing the guy made of rocks, talking about Doug. Yeah. <laughs> Like he, uh, it's a weird film, but yeah. like in a really good way. Yeah. So yeah. total fan of that. Uh, the last time someone from Joe that I spoke to you, I don't know if you recall this, you were awarded yeah. a certificate of Irishness. It's on my wall. Where, it, like, you said specifically last night it was going somewhere. Do you did did it go there? Yeah, did it go it's, to your. I, I have a pub, an Irish pub in my house, and I have it on the wall right behind my Guinness where I poured my Guinness. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's I it's a I, I a pri- it's a prized <laughs> possession. I was that none of that was phony. I was I was oh, elated. I yeah. I I, yeah. I went back and rewatched the interview and there is like you're properly like this this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Uh so you have a Guinness I have, I have Guinness. I I go to this place in Poughkeepsie to get kegs of Guinness. Right. And uh yeah, I I clean the lines, I hook it up and I have Guinness on on tap. And you know how to do the whole angle. Oh yeah, it ta- I know how to do the angle. I know how long it takes to pour the perfect pint. Wow! I know where to stop it. I know how to push it forward. I know. Uh, I think it, is it is it seven rings or something? Something like that. Yeah. 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 What, what, you've done some real homework on the. Uh... No, I work on it. Yeah, yeah I work on. <laughs> I work on it by myself <laughs> in the basement of my home. This is perfect. But let's check <laughs> the next one too. Uh, I was in uh, I was in Galway over the weekend and I got I was speaking to some people and I said I'm going to interview Paul Rudd during the week, and one of them worked on Moonboy. Oh really? And he told me this fantastic story about Moonboy's rap party. He said normally like when a, a per- person of a specific stature, hmm. celebrity stature, will be like oh and then we'll leave. He said you stuck it out to the bitter end in a karaoke bar. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> do you do you recall that uh, faintly? Yeah, he said. No, I, 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 I did. Yeah. Well, I wanted to. I, you know, I knew that I was going to be leaving soon. I didn't. Sure. I didn't want to. What was I going to go go home and go to sleep? No, but I understand you. You managed to uh, outdrink Chris O'Dowd, and he's from there. He. I don't know if I was able to uh, outdrink him, but I felt like I was able to hold my own, and. Uh, yeah, I, I we uh, we went head to head, and by the way, started earlier too. So yeah, well, the Irish start early. Yeah, there's none of this waiting around for for, yeah. for, yeah. for later. Wait, what are we waiting? Night yeah, exactly. Hold on, there's a time on this invitation. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no. we're not here for that. We're gonna stumble into that party. <laughs> um, as a writer on this as well, on Ant Man, 
uh, obviously we know you can do comedy really, really well. In case you didn't know, you do comedy really, really well. Oh, thank you. Uh, but when it came to writing action sequences, is that something... Because I know you're not the only writer on it. You're like, yeah, oh. I, I, I can handle the comedy. You guys do the action, or is it back and forth between? You I guys? can't handle action at all. I, I don't even know if I can handle performing it. <laughs> I definitely can't handle writing it. Right. Uh, so there, um, there are teams of people within the Marvel world. Not sure. only the, there are other writers on the film, and they did a lot of heavy lifting. I do have to give credit where credit is due. Particularly Eric Summers and Chris McKenna, these sure. two guys that did a lot of great work. Um, but it's interesting the way Marvel tends to make their films where uh, guys that are in the CGI and visual effects department, they'll come up with something and embellish a scene because, uh, you know, I'll, like think about something. It's going to look like this, but I don't really know. And then when they get their hands on it, it's so much bigger and better than what I imagined. With action sequences, I think we'll sit around and we'll talk in broad strokes a little bit, but uh, there are stunt people, stunt guys at work that are also planning some of these moves sure. and they'll come up with ideas so they tend to be collaborative efforts fantastic and one very quick one word answer even do you know how Avengers 4 ends maybe <laughs> I shouldn't have given you the one word exit for that question should I <laughs> my favorite thing is I did an interview in the, and the, that was the first question was how does that for Avengers 4 end the credits. I said, I said, that's a great. That's a great lead off. Straight in, yeah. just like no yeah. kissing. Straight in. We're yeah. just give me the answers. Well, there are things that I do not know. Okay. Well, Paul, thank you for uh, thank you for all of that. Thank I really you so appreciate much. it. Thank you. So that was my conversation with Mr. Paul Rudd, one of the world's nicest people. Everyone just everyone just wants to be as me. Plus, he's he doesn't great. age. He's great. He doesn't he really age. Doesn't age. What's going on there? I don't know. I don't know, but he looks great. Do you still think it was a bit <laughs> weird, this Clueless thing? I love Clueless. With Alicia, that they Do ended we? up dating. I know they're not related, per se, but they are half, uh, half brother and half sister, isn't it? Yeah. I don't... Step sister and step brother, yeah. Is that not a bit weird? But it wasn't that following on from Emma? Isn't that what happens in yeah. Yeah, Emma? Yeah, yeah. So I guess they kind of had to just... Well, they're not like related, related. They're just married yeah, into no, each other's yeah, families. But, you know, I'd marry... And, it's, it's, and they didn't, they didn't yeah. grow up together. I'd marry like Paul Rudd. Exactly. Yeah. What are yeah. you talking about? But they yeah. didn't grow up together. They they only spent, you know, yeah. the odd few yeah. summer days together. Yeah. And we like Paul Rudd and we want him to be happy. Yeah. Even and if it and is And he does weird. seem to be happy. Um, as that interview proved, he, uh, he was very happy with her... A certificate of Irishness that he hung up in his Irish bar. Sixty percent of the time, you're Irish all the time. Is uh, he very short? Not that's got to. He, he was looks sat like, down, he, um, he but when he no, he was taller than I thought he was going to be. Because he kind of looks like he's a little guy. He does. He does. He's an he really is. Are yeah, you just thinking of the character when he shrunk? Yes, that's what I'm getting confused right. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's those effects for you. That, another small one would be Evangeline Lilly because she plays the wasp <gasps> but she is not a short lady in nice life, segue love her. and Rory did you chat to her? I did I did nah, Speak, now, speaking of BFFs she's she's she really wants to be my best friend for when she comes over to visit Ireland. So when she does that, right, you're going to let me know so I can find you and just, you know, say hello because I think she's amazing. Oh, I will absolutely introduce you to Evangeline. She's a lovely lady. Just As like he's going to give me Paul Rudd's number. Yes. You see, I'm not asking much. I just want to say hello. I mean, you're the creepy one who wants a phone number. Creepy. But he just wants the phone friendly. number to say hello. So it's fine. Yeah, that's all right. Then. Here are my chats with uh, Miss Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline Lilly, how are you doing today? I'm grand. Happy to hear it. Uh, congratulations on the movie, first of all. Um, what is your favourite MCU movie that you're not in? That I'm not in? Yeah. The Winter Soldier. 
Why? I thought that it was such a deftly handled political thriller, and I felt like the topics that they were attacking and, and tackling were so serious and so relevant. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the times um, some of the issues in superhero movies can be a bit archaic. They mm -hmm. sort of resemble, like, Cold War feuding. But this was, I thought, much more modernized in the, the things that I think, you know, I certainly worry about in, in this day and age. And... Um, and it was dealt with with courage and um, and grace, I think. So we have the same MCU favorite movie and Do we have we? very similar uh, fashion style. So we have we a lot should, in common. We should be BFFs. I believe we should. I will find you on social media and we'll hang out once yep. this is done. Yep. Um, I have to congratulate you on the movie, first of all. First female above the above the line. You're in the title there. Above the line. Above the... Uh, you're right yep. there in the title. Yeah. Um, the film also features a very strong female antagonist. And everyone is trying to save a, a female who essentially has, in the past, saved the world. So there's a very strong female vibe coming from every angle of this film. Mm. Uh, was that something that was uh, planned out in advance or is that just kind of the way it worked out from the from the first movie? Well, um, I think it was a little bit of both. I think that the first movie lent itself immediately to the search for Janet. I think once Scott came back from the quantum realm, it was obvious that uh, Hank and Hope would be curious about whether or not that was it was possible to bring their, her mother back. Um, but I do, I know that the intention certainly was to honor and represent and respect women through this story to bring a more feminine energy into this world and this whole universe. Um, as they make this move, Marvel's making this transition towards um, a much more balanced and equal cast of superheroes. When it came to the action stuff, how involved did you want to be in, in the stunts? Because it would be very easy, because your character wears a mask, to just get someone else to do it, if you wanted to, if you're so inclined. But uh, did you want to get... Rough and ready, I wanted to do everything I could. I wanted, I was like, oh, I get to be on a harness on a wire. That was what I was most excited about. I was so excited to fly. I've always wanted to fly and I've always wanted to do harness work. And um, as it turns out, the only time that the wasp flies is when she's small. Oh. And when she's small, it's not me. <laughs> it's not you. It's all CGI. You didn't go method for. <laughs> I didn't do any like that green screen motion capture, nothing. So I didn't get to do that bit. I got on a wire once in the whole movie. But you got to kick ass, though. A little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, doing a little bit of research on yourself. Uh, Irish roots. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Where did I, where did I come from? Uh, English, Irish. That's my entire genetic background. I'm sure if I did that, what is it, Gene 23 or something? Sure, yeah. That, the, I, the, I'd find more. The dab thing. Yeah, the dab <laughs> thing. But but um, my, my grandmother on my mother's side is Irish. My grandfather on my mother's side is Irish-English. And then on my dad's side, there's fully English and I think one other Irish-English. So it's, you know, wow. there's a lot of Irish in me. Have you been? That's where my green eyes and freckles and dark hair and pale skin come from. That is that is very I, Irish, though. I've never been, and I it's on my bucket list. I cannot die before I go to see the motherland. We consider this your formal invitation Thank from you. all of Ireland. Like I said, we're only dozens of miles away, so you just... Well, now that I have a BFF in Ireland... Yes, who I can, can show, show me you around. all the hotspots, all the Dublin hotspots. Because truly, I would never go if I wasn't there with locals. I just think that's sort of a waste. Sure. You and know, I wouldn't want not... to bring you to, like, the touristy spots no, anyway. We go to no. the cool places. We yeah. Cool places. Like, I went to Scotland once ever, and I went to visit Billy Boyd. Right. Do you know who I'm talking about, Billy Boyd? I do. Pippin. 
from yes. Lord of the Rings. Yes, yes. And that was the best ever. And if I'd gone by myself, I would have just been a lonely tourist wandering around, wondering where all the cool stuff was. Well, you've got me now for Dublin. Evangeline, thank you so much. She was lovely. She really is. She's a lovely lady. In fairness, I didn't know she kind of retired from acting. I remember reading a piece and said until Peter Jackson called her up for the Hobbit film, she was... She was yeah. yeah. Thank God he did, because yeah. she is lovely. She is, and she is... Uh, I really liked her in the first one. I really liked her in the Hobbit movies, yeah. actually. I loved her in Last. I, lo- I loved um, her in the Hobbit. Uh, and she's great. really, really good in um, and the Wasp, but we'll get to that in a moment, because before then we speak to her on-screen father, played by the legendary Michael Douglas, who... Uh, Okay, so he must be, in my mind anyway, I was like, he's going to, if I ever meet Michael Douglas, it's going to be an intimidating moment because... He's Gordon Gecko. He's just one of the... He's just Michael Douglas. Yeah, he's Michael Douglas. He's just one of the most recognisable and brilliant and uh, long career having actors in Hollywood. Um, and then I was so surprised that he was actually one of the most friendly people I've ever had the, the privilege of interviewing. Um, and he really, really knows his stuff when it comes to keeping secrets to himself oh. in, in the Marvel Universe. Here is Mr. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, how are you doing today? Good, right? Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for, for, for seeing me. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, congratulations on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Thanks. Uh, I yeah. loved your role in it. I think it's difficult to... Uh, to to be funny in the face of someone who is as funny as Paul Rudd. But uh, you managed to to keep up in par with him by doing very little. I, <laughs> I, I figured that was the safest way uh, out. Yeah, I try to add a little uh, Professor Pym, tries to add a little gravitas to the situation. Um, certainly feels uh, above uh, and more aloof uh, than, um, than uh, Scott, Paul Rudd's uh, character. You know, it was not the ideal prodigy that he had planned on getting. You know, sure. This little, you know, burglar who stole my suit. Um, and um, so it's sort of fun. You're taking kind of an elitist, you know, take on it, brings some good humor. When it comes to working in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there must be a sense of relief when the film finally comes out because you can, you know, you can be like, oh, I can talk about this now. (laughs) Has there ever been like an accident leading up to uh, the release of one of the films where you're like, oh, and and you have to like completely stop yourself? It it is part of the the blood contract that you make with a Marvel film. There's an assassin. It happened early on, (laughs) right? You get a blowgun in the side of the neck. (laughs) You just drop right over if you make a a comp. But no, also the thing with these films is you get a chance to see it when it finally comes out because sure. you never know what the heck you have because you're only one small part with all the green screen and the miniatures and all the effects. So you're like a kid in a candy shop when you finally go to the premiere and you're seeing it for the first time with all this stuff going on and just just amazed at how effortless they make it all look. And when you've seen it for the first time at the premiere, was there one particular scene that you maybe hadn't fully visualized in your head and you're like that looks fantastic up there well the whole finale um, the oh, yeah. whole I guess what's that it's helped it. they're going to see it but we have there's been a lot of great uh, automobile chases in San Francisco going back to the streets of San Francisco yeah. 
no, it's a bullet and all that. Well, I promise you that you never seen an automobile chase, you know, quite <laughs> like this one. I was just my jaw was at the bottom. I never seen anything like it. Yeah, the car chase in this is is pretty uh, spectacular. And you do get to partake in some of the bigger scenes yourself and yeah. some huge CGI set pieces as well. Uh, as I said just before we started talking, I did come over from Ireland to speak to you today. Have you ever ventured over to Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I've been in Ireland a number of times. I'm a big golfer. Not very good, but so I've been all over Ireland, uh, all over the country playing golf. And actually spent some time in, in your hotel in Dublin, the hotel that you two owns. The Clarendon? Clarendon. I was there actually with Jack Nicholson the week we were their first guests. It was the week before it opened. And I was on a golfing tour with uh, Jack and Nicholson and a couple of other friends. And we stayed there <laughs> at the Clarendon. So, I just need to fully understand this. Yourself and Jack Nicholson stayed in the hotel before it even opened? Before it opened. It was wow. the, it, it, that was yeah, a while ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were there. Um, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just about to open. It was all ready. And they, um, I think it was, it was Bono said we could stay there. And uh, It was nice of him. Very nice of him. <laughs> and one final question. Michael, will we be seeing you in Avengers 4? There's that blow dart. I going feel up, that blow dart <laughs> coming up to my neck. I would have no idea. You don't even know if you're in it. I don't even know. If I have no idea in the Marvel world what's next. Did I say that right? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Douglas, absolute pleasure. Thank my you so pleasure. much. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, man. Nice to see you. Dr. Pym, I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's when this crazy could be ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. Now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. The only chance we've got is both of you. Ant-Man and the Wasp teaming up. So, straight into it. Ant-Man and the Wasp. We, we talked earlier on uh, about our opinion of the first and I wasn't a huge fan. Paul and Carrie, you were far more friendly towards it. Um, this movie takes place just before the end of Infinity War oh. uh, and the, the plot kind of happens parallel to the events of, of what happens in Avengers Infinity War. Um, after Civil War, um, Paul Rudd's character is put under house arrest for two years. Two years. Um, which forces Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lilly to go on the run from the government because they really want to get the Ant-Man suit um, after Ant-Man made it public because he got really big and kicked the plane in Germany. Um, so they're super mad at him. But it turns out that he might be the key to finding their missing wife slash mother is played by Michelle Pfeiffer who was lost into the quantum realm decades ago. So they have to reunite to find potentially find Michelle Pfeiffer but all the while there's also a villain played by Hannah ooh, John Hannah, Hannah John Cameron yeah. she was in Ready Player One earlier this year uh, and she was really good and in this she's playing a, a character called Ghost who has been subject subjected to some weird technology herself and kind of has the, the ability to pass between uh, physical realms but uh, she's in constant pain because of that as well and she, she really needs the same technology that they're going to be using to potentially find Michelle Pfeiffer to cure her so uh, there's a constant chase everyone's chasing everyone uh, and it's it's it, I, I was shocked it was it was so entertaining I thought it was so funny I thought set pieces were great I thought everyone in it is just 
bringing their A game um, while also very aware that this is not the grimness of Infinity War this is just mm. pure entertainment we needed that we did I know, I know it's a spoiler to say but at this point I think everybody out there knows that there is sadness in Infinity Wars even yes. if they haven't seen it and yeah we, we needed we needed a bit of light hearted Marvel happiness did you enjoy I loved the Wasp it. I loved it um, and fantastic just to see the Wasp yeah and to get double billing as well I mean I, I like she like, is the first female, female character yeah. in the title it's fantastic and it's I mean I like I said before I adore Marvel and I love all of the films but it's it is time that the female characters mm get double billing get their own films because they're all the female characters are fantastic throughout Marvel so it's just yeah she's amazing and I love the way that Evangelina Lily it's because she's amazing but that like her style of fighting and everything is still quite it's quite feminine but sure. she can kick the feck out of everybody I mean she's just amazing I mean she hasn't she hasn't kind of adapted a kind of a macho way of doing things she's just I love her can I say that what again? What I kind of like yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> She's just brilliant. Tell me, do you love Evangelina? <laughs> I love her. <laughs> what I kind of liked about the first one and just from picked up on the trailer is that it's kind of using the action with comedy instilled in it because remember you had the finale of Ant-Man on that Fisher-Price train set mm. which was just great seeing. You had like the juxtaposition of the giant ant and the Thomas Tank engine. Yeah. And uh, from the trailers you see you know the gigantic Schultz, salt shaker and using the truck as like a scooter and stuff like that. So even in the like dramatic bits it still seems like it's kind of a comedy is that kind of prevalent throughout it doesn't get too like Spider-Man great power great responsibility it knows no. it's fun and stupid and we, it runs with it yeah like I think the only time it gets even slightly downer buzz is when it focuses on uh, Hannah John's character because yeah. uh, she really does have like a, tra- a tragic backstory and the idea of that she is constantly in pain yeah, is a bit of a I mean it's, it's horrendous like yeah. her body is literally being ripped to shreds every time she moves basically yeah. so like you, every yeah. time they focus on her I was like oh yeah, this isn't you, as yeah. fun and you really do have you, like you can understand what she's what yeah. she's trying to do like, and she is a good villain yeah um, she is a good villain it's better than what was Yellow they, uh, Yellow Jacket Yellow Jacket yeah the first one that was just uh, Aaron Cross I think was his yeah, name, yeah. The chap from House of Cards. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's uh it is it's just for the for like 90% of the time it's it's really entertaining. Paul Rudd co-wrote the script as well. Um so he delivers some great lines. He, there's another fantastic uh Michael Peña scene stealing oh, turn. He's hilarious. Lawrence Fishburne is in the mix as well uh, as a as a competitive scientist against Michael Douglas. Walter Goggins. Walter Goggins. I love yeah. him. I think he's a brilliant actor. And he's the, just, the cast yeah, is great cast. Crazy good. Mm. Um, and Peyton Reed has a bit more fun with the action sequences because having made, having been made big in Civil War, uh, he can now go back and forth between making Ant Man bigger and yeah. smaller for Literally. for yeah. whatever whatever is needed for the specific set set pieces and does. There's just so many great jokes. Yes. There's one where like where seagulls are involved, and <laughs> I don't, I, I missed the next five minutes of the film because <laughs> I'm still laughing at the seagull joke. And as always, stay till the end for. Oh, oh my gosh! There's, yeah. a, there's the first one is very, very important mid, for the future. Yeah. So definitely, the um, one at the very end is, is, is you could, uh, you could I would, I would say just leave after the first one. Yeah, okay. a, I, we could just. You just ask someone what the last. Yeah, if you're if you're super nerdy like me, stick to the end. Otherwise, just make sure you stay for that. Absolutely, because the the first post credit ones is uh, is kind of shocking. Yeah, it's it's mega. Yeah, yeah. they were shocked. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. So big thumbs up uh, for Ant Man and the Wasp, a uplifting, fun comic book movie. 
Now on to seagulls. Don't forget the heart. Oh yeah, lots of heart as well. And seagulls. And seagulls. But now on to an uplifting, fun comic book (laughs) movie. (laughs) It is Teen Titans Go to the movies. It is. I haven't seen this one, but Paul and Cara, you have both seen this one. So take it away. So staying in the superhero realm. I feel like I have to mention the Lego movie first because going into this, I do very little about it, but my perception was that, okay, if it's as good as the Lego movie, it could be excellent. And I mention this because what followed after the Lego movie was the Batman movie because obviously he was the, the standout character in the, the first Lego one. Movie, yeah. And I think they missed the trick on the Lego Batman film. I wasn't a big fan of it. I didn't think it was as meta, as clever, as funny as it could have been given the, we all love the superhero genre and mm. it is a genre now in itself. It's, practice, it's like horror or comedy. It is a genre in itself and we love them so much. I had a blast at this film, an absolute blast. And I never saw the show. I just based it on the trailer alone. It's incredibly clever. Obviously, the kids are going to love the animation like they love all animation. Um, you don't even need a, a script or a plot hanger, but it is very, very clever. Um, the meta jokes are brilliant. And there's one gag in particular. You mentioned Seagulls about a montage in this that had me inappropriately laughing my head off and it's so dark for a kids film (laughs) I don't know what they were thinking in the writers room there must have been some sort of substance involved but it knowingly takes the piss out of even the DC universe Uh, there's that moment in the trailer when you see Green Lantern and he just said oh I had a film but we don't talk about it but it doesn't just reference the DC universe it takes a pot shot a very clear pot shot at Marvel played by a particular person who is very self-deprecating. I only found out today it's actually himself. It is himself. It yeah, is I know himself. it's amazing. Yeah. I'm not going to ruin it. The animation is great. It's like, um, it's kind of a bit like Powerpuff Girls or the Star Wars, Clone Wars, kind of that traditional 2D drawing. Very crisp, very clear, but refreshing not to see something that's that's 3G and as much, as, sorry, as uh, the usual form as we, and as much we love Incredibles and stuff like that. It is refreshing to see something that's actually drawn mm. physically. Um, uh, in terms of the plot, it's very simple. Robin... We all know Robin, Batman's sidekick, wants his own film. uh, And there's a director called Jade Wilson, who's voiced by Kristen Bell, Bell, who's this go-to Michael Bayes director, makes your dreams happen. But Robin has his insecurities. uh, They want to make films about Batman. They want to make films about Superman, Green Lantern, all such. And he has to go out of his way to find a villain first, and then he'll get his film made. And uh, coming into all, he's got some of the lesser-known characters uh, Beast Boy, Raven and Cyborg who was uh, in Justice League and Raven in particular is great because ultimately they know the stupidity of the genre that anything can be solved by like like Superman can solve anything by like his heat vision Raven has a particular character and basically anything can and is solved by her one power and it kind of has that really dry Aubrey Plaza I hate the world at Parks and Recreation vibe to her mm-hmm. uh, so I kind of I kind of dug her vibe altogether it's really really clever very funny and if you are a superhero fan, I would thoroughly recommend this because it's one of the best breakdowns of the genre I've seen. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I have to agree with all of that. It really is. It's <coughs> so funny, though. I, I mean, there's, I cho- literally choked and spat coffee. There's a particular scene with Batman and uh, Superman on a, on a Hollywood uh, screen stage. And I won't say what, but that, I mean, I yeah. was gone. Absolutely gone. You two are teasing me quite, quite badly. <laughs> yeah, they really do. They just, I mean, nothing is safe. No one is sacred. They take the piss out of everybody. Mm. In a way, it's almost like Deadpool for kids. 
Oh, yeah, that's, that's how. That's time, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I saw it. But I mean, even I think they're quite brave with the amount of kind of Marvel references in there. One of the problems is that Robin isn't recognised enough, and that the Teen Titans aren't recognised. And there's, there's a bad guy who's like, "What are you? Is like the leftover from the Justice League? Are you the Guardians of the Galaxy? What are you?" Is like, right. and they're like, "Ah!" So it's, it's it's it really is. It just nobody is safe, but in a great way. Um, and it, I mean, it's I I would say there's quite a few there's quite a few fart jokes in there as well mm. and a few great. songs but like at the end of the day it is for kids but I know it's, it's a great but the action show. set pieces are quite good yeah, kind of like the How to Train Your Dragon I always thought that last half an hour is a great action set piece there's some stuff here that's and that's pretty good I think as well there's a nice little bit of a moral in there about kind of the, the dangers of wanting fame and the little bit of the evils of Hollywood kind of creep in mm. there and Robin is he'll do anything to get his own film so I think in some ways there might be a little kind of a little kind of I was about to say a little left right swipe mm. against Instaland and all that kind of stuff it's just you know be yourself find your own way you don't necessarily need to emulate the big guys to get your get your fame and do all them things but you can laugh so at the th- fart jokes too yeah. good good because I will <laughs> I absolutely will uh, you've sold me on, on that I really 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 and, want to see and that and I won't say who but the voice of Superman Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Stop. Sorry, teasing me. Christ, that's our job. Yeah, that's we have to exactly. get people interested <laughs> in films. Also, so many reasons. One now. thing I didn't realize there was a post credit. Oh, was there? Yes, and apparently it's quite significant. And it. Oh, it's, there is. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and it is. You're right. I don't. I don't know it exactly, but it is relating to the future. So, uh, so oh, stay I'm around. Here of. A, a Teen, Titans, Teen Titans but okay. not necessarily um, animated apparently apparently it drops little oh hints something oh. stop, stop 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 drop me, me wild so high clue Karen oh god you, did you get it yeah. did you get it I'm looking at me now wild again. kids are at fault fault yep big brother, brother has, has kiss and wings cocaine all day long cocaine okay do you have right. any okay as always usually with these high clues it's tied into the theme of the yeah, week or okay a character or a actor of the week do you have any ideas well the first thing the the first thing I thought of which I know it isn't was the fault in our stars their stars everybody's stars the the faulty stars no yeah no can you think of a film where cocaine the word is repeated constantly Uh, I don't think you're going to get this Wall Street (laughs) that's cocaine it is okay Rory that's actually not a bad show because Michael Douglas is exactly Um, Rory what do you think I thought it was role models. You are correct. It is role oh. models because uh, yeah. obviously Paul Rudd is, yep. is the link. Wild kids are at fault. The two kids. Big brother has kiss and wings. Big brother. They're two big brothers in the kind of Big Brother program. Kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean William Scott's character is obsessed with the band Kiss. Mm-hmm. And wings. Sturdy wings is the name of the group. And remember, he says, "Do you have any wings?" And he's like, "Love, take me down." To yep. like, that's not wings. <laughs> <laughs> nice song. Though. And cocaine all day long because the you guidance counselor cocaine. Cocaine. John had for lunch. Cocaine. What'd you have for dinner? Was it cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Raw Models, fantastic. Um, fantastic film. Also written by Paul Rudd. Did he? Yeah, it was his, I think Isn't it was his first. Talented? I think it was his first In film. Fairness, that he I, think that was the fil- I think that was the film I realised, yeah, Rudd is actually a genius. It's sarcastic. I hate the world. Is that the film where you fell in love with him? Well, I was already in love with them. I think this is when I just like you know obsessed. Yeah, this is when I like you know covered every inch of my wall with pictures of Paul Rudd. Fair. Well. Yeah. Since that was a fantastic example, High Clue, uh, we should get on to the actual High Clue. <gasps> now, Owen has sent in a message. 
Who? Oh yeah, sorry. Who? Mr. Mr. Doherty. Mr. Other Doherty. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what this says. So let's <laughs> let's hear that first, and then I will respond in kind. Hi, Rory, Paul, and Cara. Sorry, I can't be with you there today. Um, it's probably for the best. So as you can hear, I'm not feeling too well. So it's safer I stay away. Um, I promised I wouldn't, but I met up with a monkey for my break again. We had a couple of drinks, went back to a house party. George Agrillo from Rampage was there, actually. I just would have loved it. Anyway, one thing led to another, and now I think I'm severely contagious. Uh, before I deteriorate anymore, though, I did manage to scribble down a weed competition high clue. So uh, pens at the ready, brains uh, at the ready, paper at the ready, just everything at the ready. Just Okay, so line one. Stiffs seized by students. Line two is Captain Euphigenia. And line three is Young Bird of Praise Schooled. So in the last line, praise is P-R-E-Y apostrophe S. Young Bird of Praise Schooled. And in the middle line, Captain Euphigenia. Euphigenia is capital E. U-P-H-E-G-E-N-I-A E-U-P-H-E-G-E-N-I-A And the first line again is Stiffs, S-T-I-F-F-S Seized by students So the full thing is Stiffs seized by students Captain Euphigenia Young bird of praise schooled uh, well, best luck with that. Uh, I better go because I break monkeys bringing me in some chicken soup here, so I'm off to slurp that there. Uh, see you soon. Well, love you guys. Bye. I hope he went to slurp the soup. I wonder <laughs> how big that house party is if George is there. I'm just wondering Fair. if this ends him, do I get to come back? You know, all the time. I mean, even if it doesn't, that's still that's we, we'll we'll do full like battle of the Doherty's coup d'état. Yes. I'm on. And, uh, Bring we'll, we'll it. Pa- pa- Bring we'll it, Darcy. We'll do it like the Dark Knight. We'll put like one stick in between the two of them and have them fight to the death. Yep. Pay That's how view. we settle things on pay, the show. Pay per view. I can be vicious. Oh, I don't doubt it. I think I, I think I have an idea, Vones. I think I have an idea too, but gonna, it is the competition one. I'm going to see if you have the same one there. Where have you got it written? There. And yes. Yeah. That's what I thought too. And you yes. can read his writing. Well, somebody has to. <laughs> Paul can't. But I couldn't earlier. So, uh, yeah. Last week's one. Last week's one on Kara. I don't know if you heard last week's one. I know you're a busy lady. That's very busy. Uh, his competition one last week was infectious jailbird, funny looking passenger landing Las Vegas. Oh yeah, that was an easy one. I thought. Um, Fear and loathing Las Vegas. Uh, Think a jailbird, probably a capital J as well for jailbird. It should be landing. Fas- landing Las Vegas. No. All right. Oh my god, I'm so bad at these. You're not. It just it it, it requires like a bit of a head. Uh, axis tilts to be like oh yeah okay now I get it or so, you can just have no life and watch films repeatedly like I do and you do Rory yeah, yeah I kind yeah, of thought I did has, but I just realised Cara has love in her life no, and, no, and people you, you, you smile way too much to to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to live our lives you, ha- you, you have that optimistic glimmer of hope in your eye that I me and Rory don't hope. I miss yeah. it I miss it so uh, yes infectious jailbird Cyrus the virus he's infectious because yes. of his name He's a jailbird prisoner. The plane they're travelling on is also called the Jailbird. Funny looking passenger Steve is about Steve Buscemi. Yeah. He's famously described as funny looking in Fargo and he's a passenger on the plane. And landing Las Vegas refers to the film's climax in Vegas. And of course it the also film refers is. to Nick Cage who is in leaving Las Vegas 
and the film is Showgirls. Yes. Not Conair. Not Conair. Congratulations to mm, Jimmy Murphy, Kevin Lehane, John Cahill, Garrod Gillis, uh, Martin Crinian, I hope I'm saying your name is right, uh, Liam Gallagher just wrote the or sent back the gif of Bunny in the Box no of <gasps> uh, Nicholas Cage's fantastic hair wafting oh, in the wind while he gives a wink that's great I that's think you should one. get an extra prize for that and Rob Hogan said a modern day masterpiece I don't care I what agree. you think we agree Rob. although I did didn't <laughs> I I think I wrote a piece not too long ago and I, rang, I rated The Rock better than Con Air and I got a bit of flack well I got some love I got a bit of flack I would agree. I think The Rock is better than yeah. Connor, yeah. but it is like it's a tif- it's a difficult. It's a hard cage off. It's uh, it's like everyone's a winner, no okay. matter what you choose. I was in a glass to. cage of emotion writing that article. It's uh, listen, I was in one reading it. So, Cara, to help us get over this this disruptive cage off. What have you got for us? Well, you're talking about cage offs, and I've got a film about fighting. Yay! Yay. All right, is it a cage fight? No. All right, but it's, you know, it's it's Creed. So ah, uh, that's a good love one. And Creed, Creed. and Creed Two is coming Creed soon. Creed Two is coming too. So it's on this Tuesday, uh, the seventh at nine o'clock on ITV Two. It's a darn great film, and I do think everybody should sit down and watch it. I I absolutely agree. That's Tuesday, August the seventh. 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 Yeah. Uh, what? What's the station? It's on ITV2 at, at uh, 9 o'clock. Great. So, I love that film. Yeah, Another one film. of my man crushes, Michael B. You've got um, a list. I do have a list. I think you yeah. can only have so many man crushes I've before. Three, three main ones. <laughs> three. Okay. And they're all in the MCU. Who's the third? Yeah, Taika. Taika, Taika Watiti. Ah. Taika, Michael and Paul. Like it's a really? I'm not going gonna, gonna to pick, pick an order. No. It's hard. You just take them all. Yep. <laughs> uh, why... Why, why Creed? Why? Um, I love Stallone's performance in the first start. He broke yep. my heart. Tessa Thompson rules the world or could do in the future. Uh, yeah, Michael B is not only I'm going to be shallow, he is a beautiful, beautiful man. He but he's beautiful also man. a good actor. I think it's lovely. I think it had the qualities of the original Rocky. It's got, it's got fight. <laughs> it packs a punch. Uh, I'm going to stop uh, now. I'm going to stop. Someone's already writing a review for Creed 2. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, we just think an all around great film. Absolutely yeah. agree. I loved that movie. I thought it was fantastic and I thought every every aspect of it was great and I'm really looking forward to the second one which I think is out in October, November. I think it is, yeah. Um, that one looks fantastic as well. So that's Creed on the telly if you're not going to the cinema one of the evenings this week. But we do recommend you do go to the cinema because Ant-Man the Wasp is pretty great. Teen Titans Go I will probably see you there if you're going because I thought uh, that review got me really excited plus Mission Impossible Follow is still out and that's and that's pretty great too but you apparently you're all going to, to see there's all Mamma Mia yeah apparently you're all going to see Mamma Mia anyway so, so uh, great so it doesn't matter what anybody says no it doesn't but Mia. there's even something bigger coming oh Rory I know it's nearly here I know a week a week I'm so excited <laughs> if you listen to this podcast regularly as you do you know exactly what we're talking about. I, do you know something? I'm going to be in a different country next Swim- week and I'm still going to, I'm going to be on my holidays and I'm going to listen to it because I want to hear. Swimming into the cinema. I want to hear you talking about this. Swimming into the cinema soon is... The fucking Meg, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not just the Meg, people. The fucking Meg. I said it here. have been so excited to see this film from the second it was announced. Jason Statham versus a historic monolithic shark 
Uh, from the director of While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> Featuring the dude from The Office. Not that yes. dude, the other dude. Yes, and uh, Ruby Ruby Rose and... Uh, yeah, like, how do you go from written While You Were Sleeping to giant creature of the deep trying to eat Jason Statham? By being a goddamn cool. genius. That's a visionary. It. Yeah. Visionary uh, or... Visionary. Okay. Visionary. Uh, Oscar, future Oscar winner. Future. Visionary or future Oscar winner. Yeah, it's either one or two. landmark Pulitzer Prize winning stuff is, is inbound. It's going to replace Citizen Kane. Yeah, it's it's our generation's Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. I'm very With excited. a 75-foot shark. Which is the biggest problem of Shawshank was that there wasn't one. Every well, film can be improved be a shark with a 70-foot shark. There should always be sharks in prison. Yeah. I uh, hope I hope Staten punches him. I, I would give anything to If he doesn't punch that. that shark, like what? If there's a sequel... If the shark lives, can it be there's, The Rock and Jason Statham versus it? Wait, is, wait for this. There's six books. So, huh? six books. No, say that again. Yes. How in the name of God? I don't yeah. know. They sent me, he, the author sent me on uh, the first one, a signed copy of the first one because he knew I was so excited about seeing the film. <laughs> That's um, amazing. And I, I'm sorry, author, but you're your book it wasn't it wasn't good but I hope the film <laughs> doesn't adapt it to or I hope it does I hope it does adapt like, are it are they all Megs in the next ones or is it um, like I haven't read them baby Megs is it, or is it could it be like eagle, I think there might be like whatever you call them dance? not a pod of sharks because that's whales but like whatever you call them school so, yeah, school of sharks no. maybe We'll find so, uh, out. I guess, we're, we're, I guess we'll know. Just another one of the questions to find out. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. That's uh, that's going to be our big review next week, and also in cinemas. Other stuff, was, was, stuff that things, isn't the Meg. Things like, you go to see. Unfriended sequel. With the first one, I thought was a surprisingly uh, good horror movie, uh, and the trailer for this one looks decent. So does it but, have a 75 for shark? You know, I don't know. We'll find I, out. It, it's not I, mentioned. I'm going to say I'm going out on a limb here, but I probably I, I, I don't think there will be. I doubt just, it. Just saying. You I don't know it. that. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll have to see them both, and we can compare shark size once we're done. So that's next week's big review, Ski Carol. Thank you so much again yes, for coming in. Our favorite authority. Rose, welcome. Thank you very much for having me here again. Today. Paul, as always, you've been a legend. Thank you very much, Rory. And I've been Rory. Uh, we will see you next week for all things Meg. Woo! Woo! <laughs> 